think everything's good to go. I haven't done this in a while. <laughs> Are we Seriously. recording, Scott? Yeah, we're recording. Everything's good. We're live. I see we're Are live. We, we're live as well. You can hear me. I can hear you. I think that that means we're we're on the right track here. All right. <laughs> What's up, guys? Welcome back to Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland. I'm Scott McNally. Of course, all of our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com, and you could use our code ADVICES for some additional savings. Check them out. Everything's high-quality, third-party tested, great supplements. I've been using them for years and suggesting them to my clients for years beyond that. Dave, what's up, man? How you doing? I'm good. More importantly, how are you, sir? I'm recovering. It's it's an uphill battle. For anybody who uh, are regular viewers, listeners, um, I've been away. I had caught COVID. And it has been a blur ever since, like literally a blur, man. I honestly, it's, it's hard to even, I can't even put a lot of it into context time-wise, but I know we missed some shows. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You, you, you didn't, we were talking earlier before we went live and Scott didn't even know how many shows we'd missed. Yeah. And you said it has been three, right? Yeah. I, I think it, I say that I maybe I, I screwed up as well. I'm not exactly brilliant on shit like that. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm glad to see you're still with us, sir. Uh, I'm glad to be here, man. It's uh, It's been brutal, honestly, man. I guess, you know, here's the thing, too, is for some people, they catch it, and it's uh, a few-day thing, and then they're better, you know, and that's it. And then for other people, the the not-so-lucky ones, then it's like uh, you and me. We I think COVID both uh, put both of us through the ringer. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, 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 I... It's not the worst thing I've experienced, it, but it was a rough ride. But I think for me, it was just the totality of having one thing, then the next thing, then the next thing, which was sort of what finished me off. Yeah, yeah. I ended up, uh, I ended up getting the pneumonia too. So I, thankfully for me, I didn't have blood clots on my lungs like you did. So well, I, I started with the pneumonia, so I ended up with the COVID at the back end of it all, rather than oh, the opposite yeah. where you got you got COVID and then got pneumonia off the back of that. That's right, but. It's not the pleasant experience, is it? Yeah. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Yeah. So I'm I'm working toward, you know, just trying to get better and it's uh it was brutal though, man. Like I, I I'm at the point where I can walk for a few minutes on the treadmill. Like that's it. As of a few yeah. days ago, I couldn't even walk down the stairs. Like it was uh I don't want to get into it, man. I could probably I could probably, you know, talk about that forever, you know, just because it it's been what my entire life has revolved around for the last few weeks. But I'm just grateful to be back, man. And it's and it feels a little eerie to like be back in my life because I had stepped away from it. You know, it's like completely it's foreign, man. I'm on a podcast right now. I enjoyed the peace and quiet. <laughs> <laughs> no, mate, in all seriousness, it's good to have you back. And to see you back to your normal self. Well, good to be here. And thank you to everybody. Everybody who had, uh, you know, showed your concern and reached out. Everybody who had messaged and stuff. I mean, it was really scary. And I couldn't get back to people. Like, I couldn't even text. So, um, but I, I, I did want to say thank you to everybody for keeping me in your thoughts. It was, uh, like I said, man, it was scary. Um, I want to catch up with you for a minute, and then uh, we've got a bunch of listener questions. We're going to try to keep the show a little bit shorter today, uh, just because I am still recovering. Uh, Before we get started with these questions, though, Dave, what's been going on with you? Not too much, my friend. Um, 
I got, oh, let me see. So we've got a couple of little projects, um, run-of-the-mill things, so obviously eval with the blood testing and stuff like that and coaching and things, those sort of things for normal. Um, but uh, I'm involved with a new platform uh, called Elite Muscle Network where it's it, rather than like JP's platform, it's very much JP and his way of doing things. John Meadows' platform is very much John's and his way of doing things. Sure. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. I mean, that, that's that's perfectly fine. This is a new subscription platform, which is more of um, a general collection of different ideas. So rather hmm. than it being a specific individual driving it forward, it's different people's opinions on training and diet and such like. So as a result, it's a little bit more of a resource center, I suppose, rather yeah. than uh, uh, rather than you signing up to somebody's individual sort of take on how to do things. So you're part so of this? That, I'm part of this. I'm doing some drug content. Richard from Strom's doing some supplement content. Nice. They've got a what they have, which I thought was nice and a bit unique, is they have. Um, I'm not sure if they're a physio or, or what their actual qualification is, but it's um, a lot of content on rehab work. Yeah. Which is a nice bit, so you can look. You know, I've got a shoulder injury, and what is it, and how can I help rehab it, and what can I do to strengthen it, and things like that. So that's going to be nice content. It's not gone live yet. It is subscription. I have no idea how much it costs. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> it's on Apple and it's on the Google thingy. Okay. But uh, we're, we're still putting content into it at the moment. So I think that'll probably go live in a week or two. And then the other thing was I got approached by somebody who I work with in the drug education type stuff. Oh, actually, no, there's nothing else as well. I forgot about that. I'll tell you that as well. Uh, I got asked to apply for CEPLO, which is an um, inter-agency drug education enforcement agency thing. So it's all about training. Uh, it's all about drug training. Yeah. Um, whether I'll get accepted to that, I don't know. I don't think I will, to be honest. I think my history of being in prison and stuff is going to exclude me, but we'll see. You're going to be like, we don't want that um, guy. We don't want this no, guy involved with us. Dodgy bastard, definitely. Dodgy. Um, and then I'm involved in ASUK and the Adelphi Project, which are two academic projects looking at steroid use in the UK. That's, a, that's like so, a study? Yeah, so the one is a study on user levels, and the other one is a study on user levels, but also on how users can be better supported through current services. Okay. You guys are, you seems like the UK, you guys are a lot more open to that stuff versus the what US. It, it's like, it's just an illegal I, drug. And if you're using it, then, then maybe you need to go to rehab or, you know, but other than that, they don't really have like much support here. And yet the lead guy in steroid research, uh, potentially internationally is, is Dr. Pope, who's American. Oh, okay. An, cool. A, an American based. No kidding. But yeah, this this um, I'm not, we've only had one meeting, uh, so I'm not too sure exactly what the content's going to be. Um, but um, it's interesting at least; it's something a little bit different. Um, so we'll see where that goes. And it's a from from what I understand is the it's a it's a decent collection of people that are involved. It's pretty much the who's who's of steroid research in the UK. So uh, huh. it's got good content from that sense. Well, I do want to warn everybody today. Uh, Fuddy is in the room. No, he's, he's not. He's gone. Now. Oh, I was going to say he's behaved himself. I heard him 
literally at the beginning of the show, Dave, or when we connected, I hear this. And I'm like, oh, Fuddy's back. He's gone. Okay. Yes, he's gone. Okay. And uh, Christmas Cabbage, is he with us today? He is. Christmas Cabbage <laughs> is here. Okay. There is Christmas Cabbage. Thank All God. very cabbage In that case, we can answer some questions. Thank God that he's back with us. Christmas Cabbage is back. He's being quiet today because obviously you're not in the best of health. So he's yeah. he's not getting too involved. But I will place him on his Costa Cup. And then he can just peek in the bottom of the screen there. How about that? Um, okay. So we've got some listener questions, guys. We're just getting the show back together. I feel like I feel like we had built some momentum, Dave, where like the show was getting, you know, better and better and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then it just then I got sick. And that was probably the end, you know, but like, we're probably getting like, that was it. We already hit our peak. Let's face it. We'll move. <laughs> we'll move on. From it is. So I hope you guys enjoyed uh, our run because we had a lot of fun. I know you guys had a lot of fun and uh, you know, we'll just, uh, we'll share in those memories, but we'll also do some, some questions today. Um, and uh, I encourage you guys, if you have any questions uh, head, when, we're going to put this out on YouTube, of course. Um, and, uh, if you want to comment on the YouTube, we're going to take those questions for the following episode and we'll see if we can build the excitement back up again. Um, what do we got here? This is one from a couple, obviously, well, more than a couple weeks ago, but we didn't get a chance to answer it last time. Um, let's see here. I'm going to see if this will be my test to see if I can actually read. My brain is so foggy right now still. Um, question for the next podcast, uh, many famous coaches like Dave Palumbo and Matt Porter, RIP, um, like to switch compounds and esters every six to eight weeks. Is there any benefit to that? Thank you. And I'll add just to throw in a little more of information. I know I remember Dave talking, Dave Palumbo talking about a cycle that he loved. And this was like going from off season to contest prep and completing a prep. And it was like a, what would it be? It'd be like a 24 week cycle where you started with one test ester might've been Sostanon. I can't remember. And you'd run that with DECA for eight weeks. And then the next eight weeks you'd switch that test ester and you'd go to EQ. And then for the final eight weeks, you'd switch that test ester again and you would run trend. So uh, some people would think like, Hey, you don't need to switch that aster. Just run that. Obviously it's a longer cycle, but it'd be a 24 week cycle. Would you really even need to switch that aster every eight weeks or would it make any difference in your opinion? Hmm. Hmm. Probably a lot more complex than it first appears. This, yeah. um, we know so there's there's several things going on in here. Some are psychological, some are side effect, hmm. and some are method of action of the individual drugs. So from a point of view of switching the test ester, if you switch SIP to enanthate, there's probably going to be virtually no difference. Yeah. It is effectively the same drug. It's effectively the same ester. Uh the only difference is really the acid within the ester, which some people find can create some agitation or not. 
but if you're switching esters in a sense of switching from an anthate or sipionate into a propionate, then yes, you are going to see a difference because you're going to see a difference in circulating plasma levels. Yeah, okay, yeah. So one, you don't have the ester weight to contend with, and two, prop is going to be peaking much faster, dropping out much quicker. So you're going to end up with a much sharper peak ratio within um, the way your levels react within blood. So let's deal with the pharmacology of the way the drugs work. So yes, you're going to see some changes as you swap compounds up because you're going to get a different action from a different drug. Yeah. Um, is that beneficial? Eh, not necessarily beneficial. It's just different. Obviously, in that particular cycle from Dave that you talked about, he's dropping into trend at the back end. That's going to give you much more bang for your buck, milligram for milligram. So, yes, you are going to see a, a difference in reaction when trend comes in. Um, um, because, obviously, you're getting a much stronger, much harsher compound. But where you probably see more differences is in the management of side effects as well. It's like we know EQ has a tendency to thicken blood, uh, and there's a lot of people that like to front-load EQ in order to elevate red blood cells and hematocrit and hemoglobin so they get increased nutritional transit for the rest of the cycle. Um, that will all depend on where your blood levels are as to whether that becomes a positive or a negative. But by switching esters or switching drugs, you can, to a degree offset some of the build-up in toxicity from those drugs. So EQ has certain effects, DECA has certain effects, TRENG has certain effects. If you ram those compounds for a long period of time, those effects could become problematic when it comes to side effects, where if you're in and out with them a little bit shorter periods, then you're going to drop that side effect off and then start looking at another side effect from another compound. Sure, yeah. So there's that element to it. And then the final element is psychological. And I do this when I build cycles because I build cycles that are progressive. Okay. So so I will build compounds in at the back end of cycles because, one, they give you an overall boost to androgen levels, but, two, they give you a psychological boost because you've changed. It's effectively a new cycle. So, therefore, it's effectively a whole new world of gains that you've just opened yourself up to. Yeah. Now, that isn't chemically correct, but from a psychological point of view, it, it's it's very realistic. You know, yeah. when you add a new compound in, you, you get, get a buzz again. Yeah, yeah, you get pumped. You're like, oh, yeah, now it's going to yeah, yeah, yeah. do something different for sure. Yeah. So there's that element to it as well where it, it's on long cycles. One of the problems is that we become very complacent. Yeah. Uh, both, both in our training and in our drug protocols and in our diet. Whereas if you're changing the cycle – it keeps you on top of things and it keeps you hepped up to be proactive because, oh, it's new now, so I'm going to be reinvigorated with my training. I'm going to be reinvigorated with my my diet because I've got a new compound in. So there's that element to it as well, which I think a lot of people don't actually realize does have an impact. Yeah, I could, I could see that for sure. And honestly, I could kind of see it from a, like a, a sales perspective as a coach to be like, mm. I've got this plan. Cause that does sound a lot more sexy. If, if you were to be a coach and you're like, okay, Hey, we're going to run this 20 week cycle. Just get a bunch of test sip. You know, we're going to run that all the way through. 
you know, okay, you could probably make the same progress as if I was to say, you know, okay, for the first eight weeks, we're going to run Sustanon because it has the propanate ester and it's going to build up and do this. And then from there, we're going to switch to test E at this week. And you know, it just, it sounds a lot more exciting that way for sure. When, when, in reality though, yeah, I don't, I don't know if you'd really, outside of that psychological thing, I don't know if it really does make a difference really. And I, I'm someone, Dave, who was like, I really believed in that Esther stuff like early on, like everything was perfectly timed. And I guess it's just over the years, then you start realizing like, well, you know, if you listen to the stuff you always hear on all the podcasts that you eat, you train, you know, you bust your ass, that that's really going to be, that's going to make so much more of a difference than honestly, I would say. In real world experience, I bet you that like switching the esters every eight weeks isn't probably going to make too much of a change. No. If I gave an overly complex, overly detailed cycle plan yeah. to somebody and then I offered them Test and Decker as an alternative, yeah, I guarantee you 90% of people will pick the overly complex cycle plan because they think it's going to offer more. Yeah. And it doesn't. Sometimes, um, Sometimes making changes can actually be a problem because mm-hmm. if everything's running smooth and then let's say you switch to sustenon and all of a sudden sustenon doesn't settle in the muscle well now you're starting to get lumps and you know you're dealing with issues that that if things were going smooth that's the other thing man is like i think that putting a cycle together that works well that you you, you know things are running good you're not having issues that that you'll make more progress doing that than taking a bunch of risks and then throwing variables in, you know? No, I, I agree. I mean, it's, but people people think it needs to be complex. And when you say to somebody, look, Sustendecker, Testendecker, uh, reasonable, reasonable doses in, re, in relation to your level of development and progress um, is going to serve you incredibly well. If you put the hard work in, it's like, is that it? Yeah. They, they, they want... Um, you know, they want, they want it to be sexy. They want it to be complex. And the, I suppose the only real offsetting advantage of that is that if you make something complex, it forces people to pay attention to detail. What do you mean? Because it's, well, if a, if a cycle is complex or a diet is complex, mm. then people have to, pay attention to their diet and to the cycle because yeah. it's the only way they can follow the complexity of it. Yeah. Where if it's very basic and very simple, it's very easy for people to go off track because it is so basic and simple. You got to work for it. You know what I mean? Like, but, it's like you got to, fa- yeah, you got to like put yeah. all this mental energy in and work for it versus, you know, just take that shot twice a week. <laughs> you know? I mean, use, using myself as an example, you couldn't have got a more basic, probably simplified diet than I ran when I was bulking at my biggest because it was literally beef, chicken, rice. That's it. A, a bit of veg now and again, but I got to the point where I couldn't really carry any veg because I was so focused on getting the carbs and proteins in that the, I just relied on a green supplement twice a day and that was it. Yeah. Uh, and, and you couldn't have got more basic. You know what I mean? There was There was no micronutrient concern and i still growed i might not have been in the healthiest setup but i still grew 
Yeah. Still growed. Did I say I still grow? I was going to let it slide because you're British. I thought maybe it was a thing you guys did. No, that, that's disgusting. I need a slap for that. that that's yeah, that, that is just, oh, that's awful English. I apologize. You still grow. And I usually slag your Americanese off as well. Um, yeah, I still grew. <laughs> you know, I still made progress. The fact that my, my diet, when you look at most people's diet plans, would have been horrendously lacking in variance and detail. But it gave me the basics. Hey, guys, thanks for hanging out with Dave and I here on Drugs and Stuff. Hope that you're having a great day. And uh, I hope that our podcasting has made your day just a little bit better. If we have provided some value to you, then I'd like to encourage you to support our programming. Uh, there's a few ways that you could do that. I recently started a Patreon account. And at this point, we've got four people that are supporting us through Patreon. So I wanted to say thank you to you guys. Dallas and Andrew, Jasper and Cool Dude. Believe it or not, that's not his real name. But nonetheless, I appreciate you guys. And every small contribution helps for me to continue investing the time and the, the finances and to continue running the podcasts. Also, you can support us through shopping with our sponsor, True Nutrition. If you guys have been listening to our shows, then you've probably heard me talk about True Nutrition a zillion times at this point. They're great supplements that you can trust. Everything is going to be well-dosed coming from great sources. They don't spend a bunch of money on you know, famous athletes and stuff like that. They've kind of been like a cult supplement company since the start. So if you know about them, you know about them. And we're here to tell you about them. And they support us. So that's freaking awesome. And I've used their products since really forever now. You guys can check them out, truenutrition.com. Use our code ADVICES. That directly supports our shows. And last but not least, if you have a YouTube account, head over to Think Big Bodybuilding Media and hit the subscribe button. That will help us out because, well, you know, people come to YouTube, they see our channel, and the more subscribers we have, the more they're like, oh, wow, these guys are really something. So we've been at it for a little over a year now, and uh, things are going pretty good on YouTube. I'm really enjoying it over there. I appreciate those guys, and I appreciate you guys, too, over here on the audio podcasts. All right, we'll get back to the programming now. And thank you guys for all your thoughts and stuff while I was sick. I couldn't get back to everyone. In fact, I could hardly get back to anyone. And I was offline completely there for a little while. But I want you all to know I really appreciate all your thoughts. All right. We've got a few more questions. I said we got. We got a few more questions here. Yeah, so we're doing good today. This is this is English with Scott and Dave. Learn yeah. to speak proper like what we does. <laughs> Uh, Justin asked if we are taking live questions at this time around. Um, I can't promise I'll get it in just because my brain is, uh, I can't promise anything right now, but, but, but we will try though. Uh, cause I got a couple more lined up here and we'll, we'll see what we can, what we can muster up today. Um, so next question is, uh, can using, and I liked this one a lot cause I thought there was some good stuff here. Can using uh, UGL testosterone for TRT be okay providing bloods are managed and you know uh, without question that the lab is good to go. I, I, I'm probably going to sound a bit of a twat here. I use a UGL for my TRT. Um, but I don't think you can ever, even with the best will in the world from the lab, know that your UGL is always going to be good to go because the simple reason is they're reliant on raws from usually China and they don't 
test those raws. So they're trusting that the raws are the quality they need to be in the first place. And that's not just the the, the actual <coughs> like level of hormone, but the 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 the, um, the cleanliness of it. You know, we've there's, heard. There's I mean, heavy metal content. There's all I was just going to say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Dave, yeah. if you guys saw under construction too. Dave was running a ton of UGL gear and you tested positive for all sorts of heavy metals. And I mean, and that's never good, but if you consider long-term, like you're doing this for the rest of your life, a little bit of aluminum or whatever in your system every week is probably not going to be good for you. Right. You, you mean aluminum? <laughs> yes. Uh, aluminum, Dave. That's how we say no, it. Aluminum. Right. This is okay. an American so podcast, pretty much. No, okay? it's not. It's an international podcast. Don't don't be taking I, ownership of this podcast just because you sit there with buttons. Don't be starting to make this American. This is a cross transatlantic partnership. Did you try to put your name into that cross transatlantical? podcast no i was i was gonna say cross channel and then realized that it wasn't a channel it wasn't the atlantic <laughs> all right i don't have the energy to deal with this bullshit today i'm gonna to put that out there right now it's okay? <laughs> the only chance i've got a winning um but yeah and what about no. like overall consistency you know think about that like one i mean as much as i trust a lab that i'd trust it's going to be the consistency. It's going to, there's going to be variation, but at the end of the day, I think most having guys in bodybuilding said, do it. Yeah. Having said all that. Yeah. The vast majority of his run TRT on UGL. Uh, yeah. I think you just, you just need to be realistic about that. That there. I, I recorded a video today about running TRT hot and it, it's not that it, 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 you can't do it. It's just that there needs to be a little bit more management in place if you're going to do it. Yeah. Uh, and so, you know, there, there may be periods of time within this where you, you may want to look at EDTA to, to remove some heavy metals, or you may want to look at salt baths to help draw out some heavy metals from, from your body. Um, and you probably do want to look at testing your bloods that little bit more often when it comes to hormone levels, just to keep an eye on things and make sure things are consistent. But if you do a true TRT, you're probably only going to use two vials of an, an, a UGL a year anyway. You're not going to use huge amounts, are you? I mean, you, you're only going to have point. small amounts in your system. So yeah. there shouldn't be an over-variance because you're not changing your vial that often. I mean, if you do a, a, a sub-Q the way I do it, I'm, I'm only injecting 25 milligrams twice a week. I'm only on 50 milligrams a week, so... Uh, mm. A, a, a two gram bottle of test last means an insane amount of weeks. Yeah. So the, the variance doesn't become such a problem then. And that's the other thing with the TRT. You, you, you're going to offset the volume of drug you use. And therefore you're going to offset the potential contaminants in that drug. Yeah. Um, is it ideal? No. Is it viable? Yes. It, is, it's doable. Is it you cost effective? Probably. Very, very. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, you pay 35 quid, 30 quid for a vial of test and it lasts you for 40 weeks. Of course it's cost effective. Yeah. All right. And and I, I think you're right. Just make sure that you're, you know, if you're going to go that route, be aware, do your labs. And, you know, at, at the end of the day, though, I feel like here's one more thought I'll share is that that's also if you're in the U.S., then what you're doing is also going to be not abiding by the law. 
And it would feel a lot nicer to say, get on an airplane, have your prescription with you and, you know, be able to travel and not have to worry about having this like, because I mean, in the US, it would be like a scheduled three drug, which, you know, that's that that in itself, I guess, could be an issue. But we are an international podcast, as Dave has pointed out to me. Uh, we're not just catering to people in the U S so, but there you have a very valid point in the criminality element of it in countries where, I mean, I was speaking to a client this morning that's in Sweden. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah. And they're insanely strict when it comes to steroids. In fact, I, uh, the other week I was chatting to somebody who has to now have regular blood tests because he's been caught using steroids and it is, viewed as a very strong criminal offense over there. And as a result, he's now tested regularly, which means he was, because his question was, would he get away with running TRT? Okay. Because he, he, he cycled, he's been competitive. He's no longer cycling because he got caught using. He's now regularly blood tested as part of the criminal action against him. Uh, and he was saying, you know, my, I'm on my ass. My TRT is, you know, I've crashed. I've, I've got no natural production. I want to run TRT, genuine TRT, but I'm worried that it's going to show in my blood tests and it's going to cause complications with my criminal case for having used steroids in the past. Uh, but the doctors won't give me TRT over here, even though I obviously need it. That's complicated. Yeah, it's messy. So there is that whole element of things that needs to be considered as well, um, depending on which country you live in. Justin, I'm still waiting on your question. He asked if we we're taking questions. I probably was. I, I probably wasn't straightforward enough. I should have just said one word. Yes, yes. We'll take we'll take questions, Dave. Wouldn't that have been the easier thing to do than make a big production out of it? Yeah, but you know, I was just worried I'd, I'd miss it. You know, I'm forgiving, forgiving you for a lot of things today. Well, that's very nice of you. Let's see what else we got here. Um, okay. Oh, so we had this question that came into the group from George and it sounds like it's a couple questions. This is, he says, it's a friend might not be George, but a friend of him and he happened to get his friend's lab work. So they must be very close friends. Uh, he says, um, a friend of his is running test 400 and 300 DECA. No AI whatsoever. His estrogen is only 15. Now that's like, that's the American scale. So that's like up to 60 would be, I think, 10 to 60. Okay. Um, and then he has another question. It looks like about T3. Right. That, so I, that's not, un, UK, I, not impossible, right? No. I mean, it would help if we knew his test levels because the oh, first yeah. thing I would, the first thing I would be questioning is if you're, so for those in the UK, that's looking at Asian level around 60, 65. Okay. <clears throat> so I would be, first question would be, if you're on test 400, um, one, what dose are you running? And two, um, what's your test level in bloods? Because that would give an indication as to whether what you're running is genuine. Yeah. Because obviously if it's underdosed, that would explain your low estrogen. Um it's not beyond the possibilities that there is an error in testing. There is another aspect to it. But yes, you would suspect or expect, should I say, on, on a 400, test 400, that your estrogen levels would be higher. Why it's lower, I can't say. One, are you running tests? Is it genuine tests? 
what are your testosterone levels to give an indication that the gear you're running is is, is correct um if all that comes back as yes i've got test levels there elevated this that, said, but then you're just not aromatizing at a great rate 1600 to 1800 total test levels then that is a low estrogen in comparison to those test levels yes but it's not it's not unheard of it's not what i would expect but i've talked it's to people not. who have been like hey i don't ever need an ai and you know i'll use a little bit of masteron when i'm on a big cycle and that's fine other not is he, you know, lean? Is he lean he is in his profile picture he's fucking shredded he's like because contest. that will that will lower estrogen levels as well if you are leaner Okay, yeah, yeah. The other thing is, Decker will show his test in a lot of tests. So is his elevated testosterone the Decker, mm. or is his elevated testosterone the test? If it's the Decker, then the estrogen is going to potentially be lower than mm. if it's the testosterone that's showing. That's where things get really confusing. When you start adding in other compounds, you take trend, and now all of a sudden your estrogen is 400, you know? Yeah, it, it, unless you 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 have availability to more complex testing, um, it does become a bit of a problem. Okay. I, I I got into it with somebody. Not got into it. That's probably the wrong terminology. I was having a conversation with somebody this week who who was you were arguing with deep. somebody. No, was, I wasn't telling even them arguing. that they were wrong, and you were I the one that was arguing. Wrong. Okay, they were sure. having some mental health issues based around the fact that they were running their test. High for a TRT, but their estrogen level was particularly high. Okay. So in American terms, their estrogen level would have been 110, 120. Okay, that's a lot. Okay, yeah, so that's that's high. So in UK terms, they were pretty much double the upper range. Um, And I said, look, it, potentially it's the high estrogen that's causing you these, these issues with, with mental health. Uh, and they're like... They, they, they posted a video about somebody, I think he's American, who had, had said about the inaccuracy of estrogen testing and that you should use the sensitive estrogen test if you're going to test your estrogen. The sensitive estrogen test really only comes into play when you've got low estrogen. It doesn't come into play when you're testing high levels. Okay. Um, and I'm not sure it's even actually been recognized yet by the FDA. As a as a as a recognised or, or acceptable testing format, uh, but he was convinced because of this video that his high estrogen was was down to an error in testing rather than anything else. And it's like, well, you've got symptoms, you've tested high, you're running enough tests to create high. Sometimes we just need to look at what's obvious rather than try and over science things, um, and you know it. it in this case, it could be that the test is the test result is more reflective of his decker than it is of his test. It could be that he's just a low aromatizer. Yeah, it could be quite simple as that. Yeah, that uh, is that and, is possible. And, and condition could be playing a role in this as well. The leaner you are, the less you're going to convert testosterone to estrogen. All right, we've got. It turns out we're actually getting a bunch of questions, so uh, we'll try to move quicker and get through all these. Um, well, Justin. Well, well, what, Dave? Well, what? I just don't want you doing too much. You, you, you're not well. You, you, I don't want you tiring yourself out, young man. All right. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll... right. Why is it when I'm genuinely being concerned, you think I'm taking the piss? <laughs> <laughs> Was Dave just being nice to me for the first time ever, guys? Did that just happen? It's not. 
it's not the first time ever. All right. So Justin did chime back in with his question. So we're definitely going to get to that. And then we've got a couple more. We'll try to get to those today, too. And then we're going to wrap up and I'll rest. And I, I, I appreciate you guys coming back. They remembered us, Dave. They remembered the show existed. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know either. Just just run. You with know, it. just run with it. Look. Lockdown, lockdown and COVID has done us a lot of favors when it's come to the fact that they've got absolutely fuck all else to do, so they have to listen to us. We got our uh, our hostage uh, audience. They have you can't leave That's your home. You're not allowed to go to the gym. You know nothing. You can go to the store once in a while, and outside of that, you got to listen to Dave and Scott. And that's it. Okay, so Justin is five nine, three hundred and six pounds. He's trying to drop about seventy pounds. Good for you, man. You got a job ahead of you but it definitely can be done. Uh, what would be the best cycle or cycles to do so while keeping everything I've worked for? Uh, and he also adds that this would be his first cycle. To be honest, if you've built the muscle naturally, I'm going to be less concerned about losing it in a cut. Yeah. Uh, particularly if you're not super aggressive with your cut. And you're not looking at using fat burners, particularly stimulant-based fat burners who, who tend to be catabolic in the best of times. Um, so let's look at this in two ways. Let's look at this from, from cyclitic intervention in a sense of fat burners. Uh, and let's look at this from a point of view of whether he should look at anabolics if this is his first cycle. So... From a point of view of fat burners, my drug of choice would be clambuterol. Yeah. Um, because you, um, it's anti-catabolic, it's going to preserve muscle tissue, and so it's going to preserve what you've built. Though, again, I don't think your, your natural gains are going to be at huge risk from a natural cut. Yeah, as I agree. As, not, as long as you're not stupid and going from 4,000 calories to 700 yeah um if you're determined to run a cycle it's your first cycle so just run a bit of test or a bit of primo even i wouldn't be looking at running anything more complex than that it's still your first cycle you don't need anything more than that yeah i would i would agree with that and and i will add to that okay with where justin is right now he's probably not going to have to worry about muscle loss for a long time i think that a lot of times especially the guys that get heavier or are heavier, they're concerned of losing the muscle mass. And what I've seen in my experience, and this is literally over a decade now of coaching people, that the real like risk of muscle loss is going to be much further on in your diet. When you get to the point that you're so lean that now you need to remove even more food and do more cardio to get even leaner than you are now, which is already going to be at that point, like pretty lean. So when you're at three bills, you've got a, you got a long time to go. As long as you keep your protein high, you know, you're going to be fine for a really, really long time. And then also too, now it comes down to the cycling. So he could, I think you nailed something right out the gate, Dave. Like the first thing you said was a fat burner, clenbuterol. And I think that if you're looking for assistance, you can uh, you can make a lot of progress for a long time like that without even needing to go to gear. 
He's probably mm-hmm. not going to reach his ultimate goals in one cycle. You know, it's mm-hmm. what we're talking about is more of like, you know, realistically gear use, enhanced bodybuilding. It's a lifestyle and it's not going to be like, OK, I'm going to put this perfect cycle together. And by the end of it, I'm going to have reached my goals. I think he gets that because he said cycle or cycles. But, you know, realistically, my thought would be to try to try to get a good chunk of the fat off first before you go to cycling. And then when you do, I think you're right, Dave, that you know, keep it really simple, you know, a test only cycle, you know, and, and be prepared that after that, you're probably going to have to come off, recover, and then probably you'll want to do that repeatedly is what it'll come down to. The one of the problems is having been the big fat lad who had to diet is that we we can be quite sensitive to strength loss. Oh yeah. So so we start a cut and as a natural we start losing strength and we automatically assume that we're losing muscle mass. Yeah. We're not. It's just the fact that we've changed our calorie input. So as a result we're not going to deal with it as well initially. And we're going to see a strength loss initially. I found that one of the way of dealing with that head fuck is to change the style of training that I did. Yeah. So if I moved to a more volume based training, when I started a court, I didn't have a direct comparative for strength. So therefore I couldn't then say I'm losing strength because I didn't know because my training had completely changed. I, I, yeah, at the same time, um, and we've talked about this before, you don't want to get away from what builds muscle. You know what I mean? Like, no, you don't want to go so extreme. No, I'm not talking about doing sets of 20 reps. I was always a very much four to six in my off season building sort of rep range. Eight was, you know, a decent set, and 12 was fucking cardio. Yeah. Um, so I'm just talking about maybe going to an eight to ten rep range, looking at some pre-exhaustion over the compounds, so you don't have that direct comparison. So if you that want to bench first because it's your power move, maybe fly first and then bench, so it's pre-exhausted, so you can't then compare your benching power to your previous benching power, so you don't get the head problems there. Yeah, yeah, that it makes helps sense. mentally a bit more. And I find too that there's a there's usually like a, a, a bounce back when I start someone on a new diet. They may experience and they get depleted. They're not used to being depleted. They're not used to being hungry and they're not getting the same. When you're like eating anything you want, then you're just used to getting incredible pumps every time you train. Like That's the norm. And that may go away at first. But after a period of time, I think you do bounce back from that. You know, so even if you do experience that initial strength loss, it'll come back and it may not be quite as crazy. Or you might find that doing everything right getting the right nutrition in, feeding your body the foods that it needs, you become more effective at using those foods. You might even find you get stronger. There's no reason that a guy who's 300 pounds can't get stronger from 300 to 250. You know what I mean? No, not at all. Not at all. So, okay. I'm getting getting all into the questions, Dave, and I forgot we were supposed to be moving fast here. Well, it's... Down to you, my friend. You're the one that's been ill, so you you decide if, if you feel well enough to continue, we continue. All right. I'll see if we can pull up one or two more here. Um, what about this one here? Novdex, uh clotting. Is that something that happens as a side effect just during using it, or would that be long-term? No, it's generally just during using it. Um, 
most people wouldn't have an issue with this. Yeah. Um, only if you've particularly got problems with blood clotting would, would Novadex be something that I would be concerned about the blood clotting status of Novadex. So if you're a normal, fit, healthy person, then the increased blood clotting from Novadex shouldn't have an issue with you. It would only be if you had a problem with clotting or you were particularly sensitive to clotting issues because of other health issues. All right. Um, and he also asks about Crohn's. He said he had a, what is this, a right colon resection to remove all the disease intestine. And um, I'm trying to put together a supplement protocol to make sure it doesn't come back. BPC. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I've heard about BPC, specifically oral BPC being beneficial for re- for mm-hmm. repair with Crohn's. It sounds like he's actually getting it removed. He's getting so so that's the thing, right? <gasps> you have the bad section and the mm-hmm. idea with it Crohn's is you get that cut out and then hopefully it doesn't pop up somewhere else. Uh, I think two things here are what you've got to be concerned about is the the reemergence of the condition. So that's I can Crohn's starting again. And two, that the fact that you now have less intestine, so you need to be a little bit more hmm. conscious of your gut health and your digestive support. So stuff like fermented foods uh, and um, probiotics or, or those sort of things become much more beneficial when you've got a reduced intestinal tract because your food doesn't have as long to be absorbed. Okay. And he says all the Crohn's was removed, which is freaking awesome. I hope that that, you know, I hope he can move. Man, after having lost my health, I can tell you that's like bodybuilding is awesome. Like growing muscle is awesome. Getting in shape is great. I mean, obviously it's good for your health, but just having health period is so important. You know, it's the foundation of it all. Mm-hmm. Let me see if we got anything else going on here. We've talked about roid tests before. We went into that in just the last couple episodes, uh, Shannon. And uh, so I don't want to don't want to get too far into that one. We actually talked about it on a few episodes uh, recently. Um, okay, we might have one more here, Dave. T T four hundred. Okay. What, Last question, love. What's your thoughts on? Uh, okay, Dave. Did you just t- say? Did you say to me that this was going to be the last question, love? My my wife was asking how much longer I was going to be, and you had intimated that this would be the last question. So oh, I thought you were just saying it to me, like this was the last one you wanted to do. Don't stop. You know what? Though I've missed you, and I've been worried about you. That's been an element of niceness to it. Okay. <laughs> Last one. What are your thoughts on T400 stacked with MPP? Okay, but then he goes on and he talks about his physique and he says he's currently using test SIP and NPP uh, for five weeks now. And then he, but here's the thing. He says, I'm, I'm currently 211 at 6'2". He says, to put it in American football terms, 
Um, he's tired of being built like a defensive back and wants to be built more like a linebacker. This has nothing to do with what kind of test he uses. You know what I mean? I would assume that that what he means is he wants to be bigger and chunkier. Um, chunkier, is that a good thing? All right, more heavily muscled. Let's put it that way. Okay. So, drugs. T four hundred over inanfate or sipinate is going to have no change in how you grow whatsoever. Absolutely. Not- Same. Like we talked about earlier with esters, it's really just yeah. it's a- it's, it's going to have no impact apart from the fact that if you're one of these people that dose your cycles by mil, you're going to be using more because 400 is a stronger make per mil than obviously test sip and test anthony generally does. You can take a lot more now. Yeah. Um, you know, if you're failing to put size on, um, then the problem's not your drug choice. Your problem is probably either your training or your diet. If you are an actually lean individual, you may need to look at a more high-intensity volume approach to your training, and you may have to look at a, 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 a denser calorie-style diet. Yeah. But the, the point is, it may be a case of that, you know, if you're a typical or you're a stereotypical hard gainer, you're looking at high intensity and you're looking at a three-day training per week, four at the most, and then you're looking at just consuming huge amounts of calories to enable to force your body to grow in the sense of recovery and, and, and calorie use. Um, but changing from test enanthate or test sipinate to test 400 is not going to change how you grow unless in that process you increase the dose. But even then... Or increase the food. Yeah. Without more calories, you're not going to gain more muscle because it's your building blocks. You know, you don't build a house without more bricks. Right. If, if If I want to build a house and I'm only... I'm having 100 bricks per day delivered, then it doesn't matter if I've got 10 builders or 20 builders, I'm only going to lay 100 bricks per day. True. If I, if I want to build the house faster, I need more bricks. So I need more food. That's my basic foundation. That's my basic building block for building with is food. Yeah. So it may be that you have to readdress how you eat, the style you eat, the food you eat, and your calorie output, because it may just be that your calorie output's too high in comparison to your diet. So you can eat more or you can burn less calories they're the two options you have for for utilizing more calories for growth yeah and with the whole test 400 thing versus test sip thing you could you could switch those mid-cycle and still get the exact same results if you're using the same milligrams Mm -hmm. do you think dave now when they done when they do testing uh the testing you've seen in the uk they test the compounds. They don't test like the milligrams though, right? For the, the, the legal stuff? For legal stuff, they're only looking at presence of drugs. So they will okay. generally, on occasion, I have seen strength testing, but generally speaking, they only test for presence of. Okay. Because I was just uh, going to say that the chance of like T400 being off, I mean, versus T200 being off, you know, it's... Oh, yeah, but without doubt, a, a, four, a test 400 is more likely to be underdosed than a standard enanthate or sipinate. That's what I was thinking, doubt. yeah. Without doubt, definitely. Um, um, 
people like the idea. I've even seen test 600, which oh my fuck, God. that is going to hurt if that is genuine. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like people don't hurt like a bitch, and and people don't realize they just think that oh, it's got a bigger number, it's got to be a better drug, and it's not the case. Yeah, yeah. All right, well, we'll wrap it up here, Dave. You're off okay, the so hook. You're off the hook for the rest of the uh, the week. Did you enjoy your vacation? Um. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> no, I missed you. It was a big hole in my life. Um, hang on, what else am I supposed to be saying here? What did you tell me to say? Uh, yes, um, it, it was like the, my moon was missing. Um, my day was incomplete, and I I, I mourned the, your return. There Was that good enough? That was so, good. Uh, the check will be in the mail. Thank you. <laughs> All right. It, yes. Yes, David. Oh, it was good to be back. It's good to have you back, mate. It genuinely is. I have genuinely missed you. Um, and it, it's not been the same without you. Oh, well, this is getting a little bit uncomfortable for me now. So we're going to have to go. Uh, guys, we, once again, I really appreciate everybody's concern. I'm glad to be back. Um, as always, our programming is brought to you by truenutrition.com. So if you want to support our podcast, you can go and check out our great sponsor. We've got all sorts of great health supplements. You can get more bricks to build your house at truenutrition.com and good line, uh, sir. Good line. if you guys uh if you guys want to take part in the next episode we could use your questions so head on over to the youtube and leave us a comment there and of course all of your comments help to boost the show and the algorithm all your likes subscribe all that stuff <coughs> dave crossland i'm glad to be back it was a pleasure my friend you too, sir. You take care now, and we will be back to the probably, I would expect, normal duration next week. I hope so. For another episode of Drugs and Stuff with Dave Crossland, I'm Scott McNally, guys. We'll see you soon. <laughs>